bonus show. That's right. Jeff Wright, Derek Zoo coming at you with a bonus show. Since uh, we were off for a couple weeks, Jeff and I felt like that we needed to give you guys a little more audio content. So Jeff and I have decided to come together and do a smash up review on As Above, So Below and Overlord. So Jeff Wright, what's going on, buddy? Man, it is just good to clear some of the backlog with you. It has been uh, too infrequent for us to record in recent days. So I'm glad to get an extra chance to sit at the mic with you. Yeah, man. Same here. Hey, so, um, always good. I, I mentioned on our previous episode, I, I felt like I let you down by not making it to see Overlord between, before the uh, uh, managers or powers that be at AMC, I should say. I don't I don't think the managers handled this. But anyway, the people who decide such things at AMC snatched Overlord away from my local mm-hmm. theater, Yeah, which, by the way, I went to see um, The Grinch not too long ago. Yeah. Again, I'm a dad. And uh, lo and behold, the I stink- got kids. <laughs> exactly the the poster for Overlord is still up on the outside of the movie theater. Oh, those sons of guns! It's like they're rubbing it in my face, Derek. Yeah, I don't like this. I don't. Uh, I think we need to. Next time I come to town, we need to have a sit down with the powers that be that run AMC uh, Highland Twelve. Uh, yeah, it's time we call them to task. I think so. I mean, we've brought them tons of money by reigniting interest in horror movies. So there it is. Yeah, I don't think people understand like the impact, not only social but financial, that we've had on the horror genre. And uh, if we don't start getting some respect around here, I'm gonna start breaking some legs. <laughs> Well, can we start with Overlord? Because I want to just kind of pepper you with questions. Sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's uh, let's do it up before we get into either one of these. Wahlberg. What? No. Spoiler alert. Hey, Marky, you're getting some extra work this week, buddy. That paycheck's going to be a little bit heavier. Yeah. You're welcome. Maybe you and John Lithgow can have a nice dinner now. The only reason I said that is because I watched Daddy's Home 2 the other day, which was a stupid mistake on my part. Oh, I'm, I hate to hear that. I, I am in the camp who, who thinks he's ready for more Mel Gibson in his life. Mm-hmm. And then to have Lithgow involved as well, I thought, oh, this this could shape up well. Yeah, I think I was just in the wrong mood to watch that movie. Yeah, okay. Because it was one of those moods where I was like, I need to do this on my phone. I need to email this person back. I need to text this person back and stuff. And so then the next thing I know, I'll look up and like half the movie's over. Oh. Yeah. All right. It's, it's more on me. It probably wasn't as bad as I thought it was. So, okay. Anyway, Overlord, lay it on me. Pretty similar, I guess. Two two movies that are kind of identical, really, if you, if you look under the hood. I mean, honestly, yeah. Um, World War II, zombie, Nazis, and... Uh, and Mel Gibson. I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, my word. Oh, wow. I really set you up for that one, and I didn't realize <laughs> it. I, I just want to acknowledge you cranking a home run. Uh, I hung that fastball over the plate there, and you uh, you took it the distance. Yeah. I'm Mark McGuire, that thing. Like, it was 98, and I had steroids in my butt. <laughs> All right. So, Derek on Overlord. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just powering past that Mel Gibson reference. Oh, that's probably smart. Uh, what genre do you think this movie belongs to? Holy smokes, man. That's a really good question. Um, I, I, I want to call this Tarantino light. I think that should be a genre. Okay. Because I, I mean, really, if you look at it, you know, you've got your war movies, you have your sci-fi, you have your horror, you have your action adventure. And honestly, it fits in all of them in certain aspects. Now, um, not to jump ahead, of, uh, not to jump ahead of your questioning, but I, I was a little frustrated with 
how late the Nazi zombies came into the movie. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, it really was like, it was, it was a crazy mix them up, like mashup algamation of all those genres. Okay. Can you walk me through those genres one more time? Sure. Absolutely. Um, I would say war, sci-fi, action, adventure, and horror are the first like four that jump out to me. Okay. Okay, so that really just on the preview, I was wondering between action and horror, but it makes all the sense in the world what you said about it being Tarantino light because that's mm-hmm. those are the kind of mix ups. I say mix ups, that's uh, mashups he creates. Yeah, it, it really it was to paint you a picture, it was like Inglorious Bastards meets Dawn of the Dead. Okay, so I was going to specifically ask about any similarities to Inglorious Bastards. So that brings up another question. When I think of Tarantino movies, I think of everything you just covered, but also sort of a black sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Was there any humor mixed into this concoction? Yeah, there was some. Um, you, you know, I what was the movie? Um, oh, man. What was that movie that just came out recently um, that was about the hotel? Chris Hemsworth was in it. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Incident uh, at the El Royale. Yeah, Bad Night at the El, El, El Royale. Yeah. Um, I would also classify that movie as Tarantino light, and the reason I would is because of the pacing of the movie. And if you see the movie, you'll understand what I'm saying about it. Um, just the way that it was paced and shot and things of that nature. But the reason I would say light is because it's light on the gore, because you know Tarantino is ridiculous for his over the top bloodletting. Yeah, that's a um, specific concern. I had about the movie yeah but also there's no like ridiculous language in it like there's no n-word or anything like that in uh in the royale movie and i would i would say the same thing for this like there's some humor but it's not like over the top tarantino style Um, but also it's not like there's no n-words or no like f-word you know well i mean there's the f-word but there's no like um degrading f-word you know things like that in it so that's why I specify saying that it's Tarantino White. Okay. Well, you you raised the the one question I really did want to get to on. It's going to affect whether or not I see this movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, Tarantino, as you mentioned, is totally cool with theatrical, over the top uh, buckets of gore. I, I think what the the term for it is is actually body horror. Mm-hmm. So we use scales of one to ten frequently. Scale of one to ten, how much? gory meaty body horror does this movie have um man i'll tell you there's um there's several shootings but there's never like an excessive amount of blood spray um there's uh, you know at one point a nazi gets tortured for an extended period of time um his face gets beaten i mean i mean there's there's significant i'd say if you're looking at a one to ten Probably four and a half now. And I also want to say this, like I watched this movie two weeks ago um, and I haven't slept much in that time period. So some of the stuff on this movie is, is, is fuzzy, but, um, but I remember sitting down and watching it being like, you know, it's not as like gory as I expected. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. That makes me think I may watch this more uh, than I uh, expected, I guess, in terms of, the answer I anticipated to that question. So you said it takes a while for the Nazi zombies to show up. 
mm-hmm. um, was an enjoyable ride up until then, or were you saying like I'm just counting the time down until we start shooting stuff? No, it it was. Um, I'd give like the first half of the movie like maybe a five and a half. Oh, okay. But then once the zombie uh, Nazis pop in, I would, I, um, not to jump ahead, but I would, I would probably finalize grade this movie at like a seven. And so okay. there, there's a little like, like again, there's there's a little Inglorious Bastards, there's a little Don the Dead, but there's also like a little Army of Darkness in this too. Okay. So, so so there's there's a little camp involved in it. All right. Well, man, you're you're wetting my appetite here. Um, what about the acting? Did you did you think the acting? I mean, did they did they do any, or was it just about shoot them up? Or I- no, you know, th- there was actually some pretty decent acting in this. Uh, I don't think anything that's obviously going to win awards or or. Um, you know, be be looked at as like memorable performances um, a year from now. But Wyatt Russell is pretty much the the main character in this movie. He plays Ford, and um, he he did a decent job. He's he's charismatic, like his father. Uh, obviously, his father's Kurt Russell, and um, you know, he reminded me a lot of Kurt in some of his older like '80s action movies. Okay, well, hey, that's that's pretty high praise. Um, the director, it didn't look like he had done much of anything before this. I mean, there was, there was one feature film, but I don't think it was, I'm sure people liked it or he wouldn't have gotten this gig, but I don't think a lot of people saw it. Um, do you think JJ Abrams ever saw this movie or touched it in any way? Or did you just slap bad robot on the front of it? No, I think he did. I, I think he had some, uh, I think he probably refined it after it was over. Like he was the guy that sculpted it once it was at an end. All right. Um, and, and also, let me let me say this. Now that I'm thinking about it more, Jeff, there probably was more gore in it than like the normal movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I just expected way more gore. Oh, OK. So it was less than what I expected. So I, I don't want to lead you on because I hate for you to watch this movie and then, you know, text me three months down the road and be like, geez, dude, there was a lot more in there than I expected. Um, <laughs> sure. I just, you know, again, like I went into the, I went into this thinking that it was going to be like a Tarantino movie. And I guess like the best way to describe it besides Tarantino light would be, this is a, this is definitely a B movie with like a Hollywood budget. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm with you in that. When you told me that it, it wasn't as gory, I was pretty surprised. I figured this was going to be just a chum bucket, you know, thrown yeah. at the camera. Uh, so, okay, cool. Good to know. I, I, I wouldn't have been salty if that had been the case, but I do appreciate the heads up. Um, did you ever see a movie I think it's not an original English language film. Uh, it's called the. Uh, it's called Outpost. Or sometimes Man, I, I want to say I have seen that, but it's been it's been a while. So this is a 2008 movie, and I'm I'm comfortable spoiling it since it's been out forever. But to jog your memory, this uh, team of mercenaries, like Blackwater style crew, is sent to check out a Nazi bunker that's been mm-hmm. recently discovered, and what they find out within. Uh, is that the Nazis are running an experiment with teleportation that has sort of time shifted all the Nazis. And so now they phase in and out of our reality and they do mean things to the people who are in the bunker. Oh, geez. Do you remember any of that? Um, I know. I don't. You said it's called Outpost. Yeah, I think it's Outpost. At least that's the English title. It. I can't remember if it was subtitled or not, but it it may also be called the bunker. Uh, other things, but outpost is the title I saw it under. Okay, no, uh, excuse me, no, I don't, I don't think I ever saw that. Okay, well, it was it was pretty good in my opinion, and I would I would recommend it to anybody who's wanting to scratch their zombie uh, 
undead itch. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna ask if how these yeah, it looks like it, look, it looks like it was called the bunker. Okay, if you're looking at it on IMDb. Okay, okay. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah, uh, I was gonna ask how the two compare, but that's not on the table at this point. Maybe maybe one of these days you'll get the itch to see some more, and you can watch it and get back to me on that one. Yeah, for sure. So, would you recommend people tracking this movie down and seeing it? Um, I, you know, I think that I, I don't think that you should have seen it in theaters. Like, I, I, I mean, I didn't pay much for it, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, luckily, the movie theaters here in Branson are like six bucks, but um, I, I, I don't feel like that wasted my time in it. But at the same time, I remember being like, man, I wish that I could watch this on my TV and pause it when I wanted to pause it. And you, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of the spoiled things that we have nowadays is like, you know, we're able to have such amazing home theaters. And I mean, I don't have an amazing home theater, but, you know, I can at least like if I want to go get a soda or get a snack or something. I can pause the movie and come back. And I know that, that this movie was I don't want to say it's ridiculously long. I think it was like two hours. Um, let me check that, though, real quick. It was OK. So it was an hour and 50. So it was roughly two hours with previews. But I remember at one point I was like, man, I'm going to go get a refill on my Dr. Pepper because it was in the beginning. And, you know, they were just kind of setting everything up. Um, so, yeah, I think I think if it comes on Netflix or you can get in a red box or something like that and you're looking for like a, a fun. I think this movie will probably turn into like a cult classic. And, um, and, you know, and if, if those are kind of your thing or like Tarantino light is your thing or, or again, you know, anything that resembles Army of Darkness uh, and Glorious Bastards or Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Give it a shot. OK, well, cool. So usually the question we finish up with is, uh, did you see something scary? But before that, we talk about a one to ten rating. What, what would you slap on this one again? Uh, I'd give it a solid seven. Seven. Okay. That's pretty high praise considering yeah. other sevens we read. Okay, cool. Well, I'm definitely going to watch this movie then. And I appreciate the, the, uh, the way you set the hook in my, in my mouth there to draw me away to watch this movie. So cool. I'm looking forward to catching it when it comes out on home video since AMC snatched it away 10 minutes after they posted it. Yeah. But you know what, dude, you said that, you know, you told me about that. What was it like last week or the week before? Yeah. Uh, the only place to showing it here currently in this area is the Alamo draft house in Springfield. Okay. So I did read that it didn't make a ton of money on opening yeah. weekend. So maybe that's what got it pulled, but Alamo draft house, Am I wrong in thinking that they tend to have pretty good tastes in what they what they offer? They're kind of upscale, yeah. right? Yeah, for the most part. Um, I haven't had the opportunity to go yet. I'm thinking this next, like these next couple of days that I have off, I'm going to go watch something there. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah, but I mean, if it if it tells you anything, uh, it's it's still there. It's the only theater in this area that's showing it, uh, and it's only showing it at nine fifty five. Oh, okay. Okay. So. So I, I don't think that just your local cinema jacked you over. I think it was just a thing where it was like, oh, this movie's not making money, and we've got a crap ton of things that are about to come in and make money, so we're going to pull this thing. Well, uh, the fact that it didn't make a ton of money, and then what I saw with the possession of Hannah Grace mm-hmm. makes me think that I should have been taking a more skeptical eye towards horror movies that come out after Halloween but before Thanksgiving. Okay. It makes me wonder if I shouldn't start, and maybe maybe this is well known, and I'm just now picking up on it. But it makes me wonder if I'm not supposed to see that 30 day window or whatever as uh, as kind of a dumping ground for horror movies. Yeah. 
So, but I mean, you, it does sound like Overlord was better than the the returns indicated. Did did you see something scary? I uh, no, no, I don't think so. Um, I could see where like your average horror fan or like your your um, casual casual, yeah. casual horror fan might see something scary, but I I, I didn't really feel that way. Okay. Okay. Again, it was it was it was another another edition of Derek goes to the movies by himself and sits in a theater all alone, and that we just call those private screenings. Yeah, yeah. That sounds that sounds uh, sadder than it really is, but um, but yeah, it it was one of those things where like I really enjoyed the movie. I actually probably enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I think that's why I would give it a seven, just because it kind of exceeded my expectations. Okay. Um, Okay. But yeah, but no, I don't I don't think I saw anything scary. Okay. Hey, just as a sidebar to anyone listening to this, I would love for you to hit me up either through at Scary Podcast on Twitter, at Right Jeff on Twitter, or in our Facebook group, We Saw Something Scary, and let me know to whatever degree you're comfortable going to see a movie by yourself. I started doing that. I did an internship over a summer, uh, first or second year in college, uh, and I didn't know anybody in town. What up, Baltimore, Maryland? Yeah, exactly. Um But just the nature of my job is that I was around people all the time and I was constantly on, if that makes sense. So I started going to watch movies by myself as a way to like decompress. Mm -hmm. And I have I have enjoyed that habit ever since. My wife thinks it's super crazy. Well, you tell her super crazy was a Mexican wrestler. And that <laughs> was you going, yeah. And that you going to the movies by yourself is completely normal. Yeah. I just wonder, I mean, I, I don't want to like rub her face in it if I'm right. Um, no, you should rub her face in it. I just am curious. Do, do other people not do this? Does this, does this make me weird? Now here's what I know is weird. Jeff hates trailers. And so when trailers come on for movies that I don't want to know anything about, I sit there and plug my ears and look away from the screen and stuff. And, and when you're the only guy sitting in your row and there's three or four people behind you and they're watching you do that, I'm sure they're weirded out. It's only weird when we're watching uh, sold out movies together. Like when you did that in it, that was really bad. <laughs> was Luckily, it as, was it as bad as the the three year old who was sitting next to us watching it with us? No, I was going to say. Luckily, it wasn't the weirdest thing that happened in that movie. Take him out and comfort him. Take him out and comfort him. Oh, man. I'll never forget that. That's another T-shirt. It is. We may be the only two who buy it, but I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah. All right, man. Well, anything else you got to say about Overlord? No, man. Uh, Give it a shot. Okay. All right. Well, then let's talk about As Above, So Below. Yeah. Had you seen this before? Uh, no, sir. I had not. Uh, this is probably the third time I've watched this movie. And if you'd have asked me what year this movie came out, I would have picked like 2011. Mm-hmm. So seeing that it came out in 2014 really surprises me. It That's pretty far away at this point, but it seemed even further uh, in my mind. I'm suspicious on this one that you you didn't like this movie as much as I did. Correct. Okay. Okay. So good. I think those those are interesting uh, discussions between hey, us. And you know what, Jeff? Now that I've thought about it, I have seen this movie before. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you- I, I I saw it. Um, I saw it. I think when it first came out, I went and saw it probably in theaters with someone, and uh, just made fun of it the entire time. <sighs> You're breaking my heart. So here's if I can do this correctly on the show notes for this episode, I'm going to put in timestamps where people can, you know, pick to listen to Overlord or as above, so below in whatever order they want. Mm -hmm. So just in case somebody skipped ahead to this one, let's go ahead and call Mark back in. We'll get him that third third appearance fee. Ooh, there we go. Wahlberg. 
What? No. Spoiler alert. All right. We love to support down and out actors and uh, encourage you to check out some of Mark's previous work. Some <laughs> yeah. That's why we've got Paul Rubens on deck for next week. <laughs> if we decide to go through with that. <laughs> Um, Derek, were you supply, uh, surprised? I bet you weren't. Were you surprised, however, to see Ben Feldman in this? Um, you know what? I'd be even more surprised if I knew who that was. So he he was George, which is like the love interest. But he was in Mad Men for multiple. Oh yeah, seasons. yeah. That dude plays Jonah on Superstore. He was in Cloverfield, playing none yeah. other than Travis. If you remember That's that. That's right. Yeah. He was in Silicon Valley for more than a cup of coffee. He played a reoccurring character there. Yeah, he was he was one of the title characters in the comedy romance A to Z, which never took off, mm-hmm. but should have, because it had uh, Kristen Milioti from uh, How I Met Your Mother in it, and she's adorable. Oh, okay. He was also in Friday the 13th, IMDb tells me, but I had completely forgotten everything about that. Like the 09 reboot? Yep. Holy smokes, I didn't know that either. He plays somebody named Richie. Oh, yeah, Richie. That memorable turn is Richie. Yeah, that's what got him a success. In the uh, in the, in the the film that killed the Friday the 13th franchise formally. Yeah, you know that Jared Padalecki was in that movie, too? Oh, yeah, dude, I do know that. I remember that. I, I completely forgot about that. Poor Jared Padalecki. He deserved better. So here's what I can tell you about that. There was a movie that came out... Um, that was a remake of an older horror movie called My Bloody Valentine. Mm-hmm. And it starred uh, Jensen Ackles. Right. And these came out around the same time. And I thought, oh, the Supernatural guys are going head to head in horror movie remakes. Oh, yeah, that's right. It did come out around the same time. Yeah. So back to As Above, So Below. Go ahead and just tell me, Derek, why do you dislike this movie? Uh, man, I just thought it was really cheesy. Okay. And uh, I mean, I kind of called, you know, called everything that was going to happen and stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I should I guess I should probably get over that by now. But and uh, yeah, I just I wasn't a big fan. Okay, okay. Well, I I think part of this is probably rooted in the fact that I still hold out hope for the found footage genre. And I think you've completely exhausted your interest in it. Yeah, I I guess that should should have went without saying anything that's found footage is already going to be a negative four for me. Yeah. Um, And so this, yeah, I mean, this was against the curve already. Well, don't get me wrong. The the genre has numerous and obvious weaknesses, and, and the least of those isn't that it's just been overdone. But you know how in it's sort of stereotypical in a uh, in a movie or a story where the characters are walking through the woods they come to a stream and they see rocks in the stream that they use to hop across the body of water mm-hmm. as above so below is one of the rocks that i've hopped along to continue enjoying found footage as a genre mm-hmm. so the you know blair witch i think probably got everybody on the trail paranormal activity was one of those mm-hmm. um this movie was one of those Hell House LLC was one of those. And there's a movie that I have been after you to watch and that if we ever do kick off some kind of Patreon thing where we do bonus episodes, I'm going to make one of our first bonuses. But it's called the Poughkeepsie Tapes. Oh, yeah. You have been getting me to watch that. Yeah. Those movies kind of they keep the spark alive for me. So I'm definitely more enthusiastic about this. What do you think about the acting here? Um, 
you, you know, I mean, for for this kind of movie, I thought it was decent. Um, no one really stood out for me as like being all that great. Um, you know, of course, I was I was excited to see somebody from Iran in it, but um, that was about the extent. Yeah, that was about the extent of it. I feel like there's, I feel like the actor, the two primaries in this are, are really good, mm-hmm. but they're given dumb stuff to work with. So I think Ben Feldman's a good actor. I yeah. I can say that. But they introduce him by saying he's the guy who breaks into places and fixes stuff. And I'm like, that's the most ham-handed, cheesy setup I've ever heard. He's a, he's a drive-by repairman. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, we see him like, oh, he fixed the clock tower. Look at that. They're hearing the clock tower ring for the first time in <laughs> right. how many years. And like, we're supposed to believe he's some kind of wonder genius who either fixed a terrible problem that nobody else could or that there's not a very specific reason those clocks weren't ringing. So uh, there'd be tons of government people all over you for getting in there. Right. Small, small quibble. The, the well, big, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, uh, is it is it more or is it cheesier than them going to look for something from Harry Potter? <sighs> See, that's actually something I like about this movie. And I hate <laughs> that Harry Potter has put its stink on it. It's uh, funny. Dadgummit. Because that's that's the first, I remember I remember watching this movie in 2014, and when they said we're off to see the Philosopher's Stone, I was like, "What kind of Harry Potter nonsense did you drag me to?" Yeah, see, that's uh, again, this has happened a couple times in a row now, but just the, I'm just not in on Harry Potter, and I, I feel like he takes a lot off the table. Sure, uh, cue the screaming of his millions of fans, and yeah, I'm sure they're right and I'm wrong. Send all hate tweets to Jeff Wright. Yeah. But more so than with Ben Feldman, I think Perdita Weeks, who played Scarlet, is a really good actress. Okay. Uh, but I feel like they played her just really stupidly in this movie. Well, um, I mean, she's the she's the lead heroine in a found footage movie. They're all played stupid. Yes, but well, let me ask you this. Do you think they had more in mind Indiana Jones or Laura Croft when they wrote her character? I think more Laura Croft. Well, clearly they're aping that archetype, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's right in that wheelhouse for sure. And if you ever read like 80s comics, we've talked about this before on the show. I know you read 80s comics. Anybody who has a doctorate is an expert in all fields. Have you ever noticed that? So like the medical doctor, not only can he like heal an amputation, but he can also build a satellite. Mm -hmm. They play her that way, too, where she's just this force of nature whose intellect is incredibly expansive and you know she just kind of plows ahead and forces her will on the universe yeah um it's it's just too one-dimensional sort of a sort of a mary jane I mean, i'm sorry a mary sue <laughs> mary jane's a different uh kind I, of, I wish i'd have been on mary jane to watch this movie <laughs> uh but I, I still think she's a the perdita is a is a really good actress and i wish there'd been more to do here um to, to the point you just made though i really do think it's there's there's some interesting stuff here one uh, bringing in alchemy uh, is an interesting plot point. At least it was in 2014 when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, alchemy is particularly interesting to me because it seems to be the hinge point in Western history where what we would call superstition gave way to the modern scientific enterprise. Mm-hmm. But it lives in both worlds. And so these guys may be using a pinch of the eye of Newt but they're also trying to figure out the atomic weight of an element. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so you look at some of the great minds in history who were involved in alchemy, and you're like, how could these guys ever have thought it was possible to transmute lead into gold? But 
they did, and they were clearly brilliant people. So I don't know. It's just an interesting time capsule to show the way that that a more sophisticated scientific brain developed. So I, I find that interesting. I also really love Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Um, I taught that one semester. I'd never read it before I taught it. And, you know, the whole Commedia is it's a masterpiece, but the Inferno is just particularly great. And I appreciated the elements of the Inferno that got brought into this movie, not just the abandon all hope ye who enter here, but like the teeth that were set in the floor mm-hmm. You know, some of that stuff I found interesting. I really like the device and how like the ghoul who's tormenting them is just hardcore on justice. So like the sin that you committed is the thing that is being used to kill you. Does that make sense? Sure. And that's all straight out of Dante. Um, and lastly, the actual strength of this movie and feel free to push back on any of these, but the third strength of this movie is it's brilliant to go into the catacombs under Paris. I don't know why there haven't been 20 movies made like that. It, it makes you feel claustrophobic. And like, there mm-hmm. really are tons of human bones down there. And we don't really know what's lurking beneath the streets of this modern and, and super urbane city. And so any horror movie set down there, I'm going to lean into. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any criticism you want to use to to take that rug out from under me? Any of those points? Um, I think I think the only thing that I could say um, is that no amount of alchemy could turn this into gold. <laughs> well played, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, I just it was a lot of it was too far fetched. You know, you talked about George and the clock mending and the um, the way that he could like translate Aramaic into English. Sight um, reading off of crappy photographs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of don't think it would rhyme if you translated <laughs> it either. How dare you, Derek? Of course it would. I mean, you know, I haven't, I haven't read Aramaic much lately, so maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. But, um, you know, the stuff like that was just kind of far-fetched. Um, do, you, do, you think, do you think it was just the, the Harry Potter stone playing tricks on them? Or do you think it's like they entered the gates of hell or like? What are your what are your theories on that? Yeah, I think they entered into some version of hell. Um, I guess really that comes around to the ending when they when they come out in the city of Paris. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's the city of Paris they left? Ah, uh, man, that's a really good question. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. You know, we just recently reviewed the possession of Hannah Grace, and I thought that that movie ended on a very ham handed attempt to like leave the audience saying, Oh, but what if they're, you know, what if the protagonist isn't safe? Right. Mm -hmm. I think as above, so below ends on a similar note, but it does it better. They don't, they don't leave you lingering, uh, looking at the, the main character and the final shot being the, uh, you know, the fly that tells you the demon is present. That's a little too like, let me take you by the hand. Mm-hmm. But when they set the camera out, it's upside down and they have to flip it back around. And I think with the motif of the movie, it does leave you open in a way that, you know, you said, oh, that's a good question in a way that you wouldn't with the ending of the possession of Hannah Grace. Right. Sure. And the fact that they just they just see the Eiffel Tower or whatever it is. Uh, but we're never really clear on whether or not this is the inverted world. Uh, I thought that was pretty well done for the genre. Like, there's all the qualifications, you know. I mean, this movie's not great, but for the genre, for the time, for what they were doing with the budget they had, I thought it was pretty well done. The ending, that is. Yeah. Uh, anything else you hated? 
Uh, no, not I mean, not really, man. It's again, uh, I'm sure this movie is, you know, we, we said this in a, we've said this in several episodes, but I'm sure this is perfectly acceptable horror for most people. Uh, I'm just so over the found footage genre that, um, as much as I wanted to like root for Benji and, and people like that, I, I just really, I mean, I had forgotten that I, I mean, I'd forgotten I watched it until we just started talking about it. And when I put it on uh, last week, I was like, oh, dear God, found footage. What are you trying to do to me? And um, so, yeah, it was it was already on my poop list at that point. And then, you know, with some nonsensical things thrown into it, I was just I was over it. But, uh, you know, hey, if you're still a found footage fan and stuff, I think this is perfectly acceptable. Well, I do think for my part, as someone who likes it more, if I if I watch this thing for the first time in late 2018, I know that's not the case for you, but just someone who's listening to this, if you watch it late 2018, you're going to have a much different experience with this movie than I, I did rewatching it after seeing it originally in 2014. You know, the, on the rewatch, the shaky cam, particularly early in the in the film, is really hard to take. It's not like I was getting car sick. I was just like, guys, we get it. It's a found footage movie. You don't have to shake it like the guy's having a seizure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think if this is your first time through, you may come away being like, Jeff's crazy. What did he ever see in this movie? <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm suspicious people who saw it closer to the original release date will be more enthusiastic about it in general. Um, yeah. So Derek, scale of one to 10, what would you give it? Uh, four. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm like a heavy five. Like it's shading to six. If you'd asked me the first time I saw it, I'd probably give it a six. Okay, that's fair. Um, did you see anything scary in it? No. Okay. Well, it, it, here's what I can remember. Although one of these I'd forgotten about, and it got me again. Um, when the police officer spears the guy right when they're going into the tunnels, mm-hmm. that jolted me. Okay. And more power to whatever that actor was, because that is a perfect form tackle. Yeah. Um, two, when there's a cultist who takes out Benji and they set it up. I'm sure you saw it before you press play coming, but you know, he's like lowered them down a deeper hole and he, we see this woman move in the back that he doesn't, but then he hears something. So he starts looking around for it with the camera. And the last thing we see before Benji's body drops to the floor is this ghoulish woman lunging at him. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, that one made me jump the first time I saw the movie. Okay. The third one that got me, uh, and it got me again because I forgot it, is when they rediscover the friend who disappeared um, sitting alone in that room they come into, and he attacks uh, the the girlfriend of the uh, the guide. I can't remember her name. But anyway, she approaches him. He's sitting there kind of staring at the floor, and he jumps on her and bites her neck. I don't know why that was a telegraph scene, but nonetheless, it, it again, it jump scared me. So I'm going to say I saw something scary as Mr. Enthusiastic. Okay. As the horror uncle makes sense. Yeah. All right, Derek, that's enough on those two for me. Anything else you got to say for this special bonus episode of Saw Something Scary? No, man, I think uh, I think both these... I think both these movies are perfectly acceptable and would be good for our listeners to watch on a rainy night when they've got nothing else to do. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's a very fair summary. Um, it's good to have the, the backlog cleared up a little bit. Yeah, man. I feel, I feel a lot better. I feel uh, a lot fresher. Um, you know, when my backlog is clogged, it's, it's usually pretty bad. So 
feeling a little more. <laughs> That's a poop joke. Feeling a little more regular and relieved. And uh, yeah, no, it was good, man. It's it's been good to catch up and talk some some scary movies with you. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed this bonus episode. Like I said, Jeff and I just felt the need to. Uh, not only relieve ourselves of all this clogged up uh, material, but also that was the best way to do it. Um, but also to, just to, to give you guys a little extra because I know we've been gone for the last couple of weeks. So uh, this is our thank you. Uh, <laughs> just a bunch of poop jokes is our thank you for being patient on the new episodes. Insert Maui singing. You're welcome. What can I say except you're welcome. All right, man. Well, we hope to be back at it. I think the last time we contemplated the question, we were penciling in uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, but hoping for a good recommendation from a listener. So, hey, man, uh, let me ask you this question. Yeah, have, yeah, you ever, have you ever watched the 2010 movie called Buried with Ryan Reynolds? No, I'm not entirely sure I knew that movie existed. OK, so let me set up the premise for you and you tell me if it's something that you're you're interested in. Um, Paul is a U.S. truck driver working in Iraq. Um, after an attack by a group of Iraqis, he wakes up to find that he's buried alive inside of a coffin. With only a lighter and a cell phone, it's a race against time to escape this claustrophobic death trap. And Ryan Reynolds is the trucker? Yes, sir. Ryan Reynolds plays Paul. Uh, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd watch that. Yeah, it's really good. Okay. Um, Let me throw one more at you then. That may It wouldn't work as a holiday movie, but it would work as a winter movie. Okay. Well, I mean, that, that movie itself wouldn't work as a holiday movie, but it was just, you start talking about claustrophobia uh, when you're talking about as above, so below, and it got me to thinking about that one. Yeah, fair enough. Um, have you ever seen a little movie called Frozen? Yeah. The Elsa and Anna one is what came to your mind, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so there's a movie that came out before that. that Yeah, Ski Lifts. Ski Lifts. Have you seen that? Yeah. Not a fan? No. Ah, dude, I really liked the original Frozen. Never mind. (laughs) I'm sorry, buddy. The horror disappointer. (laughs) That's me. That's me. Your uncle horror, and I'm a drunk grandpa horror that just has nothing but horrible things to say about people. Well, we'll do what all you want to do with Buried. Hey, I tell you what. Why don't we do this? So what do we do? Silent Night, Deadly Night? Was that it? That's the one we're penciling in for next time. Yep. Okay. So why don't we do this? Um, We will put up a poll on We Saw Something Scary, and we will put those three in, and um, our listeners can vote to see which one they would like for us to do, Buried, Frozen, or Silent Night, Deadly Night. That sounds like a great plan. Way to redeem yourself, horror disappointer. Yeah, and I'm willing to watch that god-awful movie again if that's what people want. I'm totally going to create fake Facebook accounts and post something up. <laughs> Just going on the record right now. That's fine. I'll be able I'll be able to tell. When Wef Dright chimes in, <laughs> you think that'll be a giveaway? Oh, man. Yeah, that might be. That might be pretty bad. Well, Derek, I think this is what we got here. Where can people connect with you, my man? Yeah, hey, man. Uh, you can find out everything about me at DerekZoo.com. And let's just cut to the chase, man. You guys want to connect with us? We're the last good reason to be on Facebook. Hey, Meet us up in We Saw Something Scary. 
Yeah, for sure. And hey, if you live in Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and Ohio, you can see me uh, doing some stand-up comedy in January. Um, all the dates should be available next week on all of my social media platforms and at DerekZoo.com. Sweet. You guys totally need to get out there and do that. I think you will find that that's a great use of your time whatever evening you choose to go see Mr. Z. Yeah, and I'm in Cookville on one of those, Jeff. So Yeah, baby. I'll expect you to be there. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. All right, man. Well, Derek, thanks for doing this bonus episode. Good to have you healthy and back in the saddle. Yeah, man. Good to be back and always good to talk horror movies with you and uh, look forward to our listeners doing the right thing and voting for Buried next week. <laughs> well, speaking of those listeners, thanks for tuning in to a special bonus episode of Saw Something Scary and thanks for hanging with us in the interim. Yeah, man. Bonus show. Um, until next time, Jeff Wright, Derek Zoo, reminding you to stay away from clouds and sewers, blind men with turkey basters, white people with teacups. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye, man.